Okay, well, welcome to Tell Me More. My name is Luke Stair. I've got Kenny Reed Hodges, the Reverend Kenny Reed Hodges. Today, uh, Dr. Wiles isn't with us, but we unpack Kenny's sermon, talk about this life with Christ that we live. Well, we are here doing Tell Me More, me and the one and only Reverend Katie Reed Hodges. Thank you. There is there is someone missing. There is someone missing. Yeah. We, although I don't know that he's missing us at this exact moment. He would say he's missing us, I think. But they're what, five or seven hours ahead? Yeah, I did see some beautiful photos. Yeah. For, uh, I think Cindy Wiles said, quote, the most pl- one of the most pleasant days of my that life. I saw on Facebook. Walking around Assisi which, in Italy. And we've journeyed, Dr. Ross has talked about it in here, we've journeyed with them. Not the easiest year of their life. So oh. thank God that they had yes. a very pleasant day together. Seriously, I mean that. I'm in very, Italy. Very grateful for it. So he, I think, would say he's missing us, but right now I hope oh, he's I'm not sure thinking about us Oh, I'm sure some part of him deeply longs to be in the studio with us today. Yes. Uh, but I think... It's not the part that's winning the day. No. So so the Rome tour, I guess, started today. I mean, the day's over for them. They're probably all um, either finishing dinner or settling into bed or after walking a million steps around the city. So As one does. So we'll hold it down. We miss him, but we'll see him next week. And we will press on. Dr. Wiles, we miss you. We hope to honor you. And we'll press on, like Luke said. We'll do our best not to butcher some Greek. We're not, yeah, we're going to try to <laughs> not pretend like we're Greek scholars. How's that? Yes. Yeah, yeah, own it. So, okay. Well, Luke, it's just okay. you and me. What do you want to do? Okay, so you preached a sermon on Sunday. I did. I preached yesterday, which I'm always grateful to, to be able to do. It's not lost on me that, um, that that's a gift. And for many reasons, I was going to talk about the women thing, and I don't mean to make it about that. It's more than that. But there are a lot of people who want... Who have an outlet? Who want to have an outlet? They want to preach, mm. and they don't have an outlet for it. That's gonna be hard, you know. And yeah. so I think to be in a position where I get to do that every once in a while and serve the church I love in that way is a gift. So well, and it's a gift to our church to have you preach. Thank you. Um, I'm sure many out there listening would agree. Yes, we have all. a gracious congregation, and they're very kind. Your to me sermon in the did last not require a lot of grace. Hours. So well, but interestingly, even if it did, and when I do, they they come through with it. So I appreciate that. So yeah, but it was but, a great sermon about grace. You. Yeah, it was. It was about grace, and that's um, we talked about this a little bit before we hit record. That the why we ever created this podcast in the first place, Dr. Wiles and I, is because, and literally, it's kind of what we joke about, but he he sometimes, after the service, he'll walk down the steps and say, okay, if I had more time, I'd talk about this, this, and this. And every preacher, if they prepare well, or prepare at all, or have been doing this for a while, it's just always a direction you couldn't go, because it wouldn't flow, or there's there's just topics you wanted to address, but they wouldn't have made sense, or there's just too much, and you just leave it on the desk. And so, there were a few things that I thought... If I preached it again, different angles I would go or things I could do, and we'll talk about some of those. Yeah. But I think one thing that I didn't want to miss for this, and then let's go into this pile of books. If you're viewing us, you see one, two, three, four, five books on I the table. Some books. If you're just listening, spoiler, Luke brought real paperback books into the studio. And so we're going to talk about those. New segment, Luke's Book Corner. Okay, honestly, though, I'm here for it. <laughs> like, I'm really, really here for it. Uh, I would love to know. Well, honestly, I live life with you, so I do know a lot of what you're reading and what's influencing you, but really helpful. You usually have a really good reading list, and the, the last few books you've recommended are spot on and really good. So 
uh, teaser. We'll We're getting to Luke's book corner, which I think is awesome. So, but I do want to talk about just, a, and I don't even know how long we need to spend on it, but I think it's it's worth noting, like Ephesians two one through ten, which is what I preached on yesterday. Iconic text. Yes, it's what it, Brad was saying when he took evangelism courses in his grad school. I think the professor, like this, is the text that they used because it's it talks so drastically, so honestly about like death to life. This, yeah, this you were dead in sin. You are alive in Christ. Straight up. Like that, you don't have to parse that language over, you know, like the Roman road. You're taking all of Romans and memorizing four or five verses. Yeah. This one in Ephesians, like you just, just memorize those. Chapter two. Straight up. Just one through 10. And I think I talked about this yesterday, so this isn't new and just emphasizing it, but verse 10 is so beautiful. And sometimes I don't, I mean, I, I say, I don't know why, but eight and nine, are the most famous as they should be beautiful for as by grace you've been saved through faith, not by work so that no one can boast is it's lovely. Yeah. But 10 for we are God, we are God's workmanship, his poema. I've always loved that word poema. I think it's just, it's, it's very, um, it really is beautiful, but we are God's poema set apart for good works that he's, he's yeah. arranged before. I can't remember the verb there before time. Um, that deserves some talking about too. Yeah. Like we, humanity, the church united, what Paul will be talking about, are his poema. Yeah, we're made for good. Made Masterpieces, for, yeah. these created shapes, right, things. Right. We get yeah. the word poem from this Greek word yeah, poema, poema, in case you didn't pick up on that. Sure. Yeah, that kind of, some that which is created. So yeah. don't miss that. One, like you, you're, you're not just, and we know this, but let's say it, state the obvious. We're not just like spun into being, right? We no. don't believe that about humanity. We don't believe about each individual person, that we're actually shaped and formed and created in love for a purpose. And so everybody that pops into the world has a purpose and an identity and a beloved nature, but they're... And is an artistic, intentional masterpiece. Yeah. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? And I think it's, I think that'll sell, you know? I think so. And so, you contrast that with the start of the chapter, which is... You know, you're dead in your transgressions and your sins and you follow the cravings of the flesh in verse right. three. And that's like, you're this dead, yeah. rotten meat thing. Cravings of the flesh, the spirit of the world. That word flesh gets used for meat in some places. So like you're yeah, literally. literally like yeah. chapter two starts out. You're yeah. kind of like this rotting meat living in sin. You're dead right. meat. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lifeless. And but, not what, well, never what God intended. No. Right. But this fallen nature is, it's rotting you. So right? somehow we change from dead meat to poema, masterpieces to poema. created for good yeah, in Christ. So good. And so I. Walk us through it. No, well, I, it's a mystery. <laughs> you already did. Right. Oh, no, yeah. I didn't. But I think that's where it's like, had I had more time. Because one of the things I noted before we hit record is that I spent the majority of the sermon, at least when you look at the time, you know, say it's a 30-minute sermon, which I, I bet it's about that. If it was a 30-minute sermon, I spent probably up until minute 18 or 20 identifying the problem, you know, and not that I spent the whole time on that. I, I set some context of who Paul was. I wanted to do that. But I spent a lot of time just talking about what it could, because I, and I, I meant, I said it out loud, I said what I meant, but I think you can miss, like, I'm just thinking about like the everyman, millennial, whatever. And they're like, I'm not dead. I don't feel dead. I don't feel no. like I'm rotting in my sinfulness. And it's like, well, let's talk about what sin really is and what it means to be alive. And when you're reading this, it's talking about spiritual, you're spiritually dead. Yeah. Like y y your spirit is dying or dead. 
unless, but God intervenes and and, and breathes life into us. And so that imagery is all over the Bible, but it's it's really pointed in this in this text. And so I just wanted to spend some time on that. But what I think I just didn't um, unpack, didn't spend a lot of time on, could have, but didn't want it to go longer, which is part of the editing process, is just there. There's such rich words. The vocabulary used is so rich. And so when even when you look at eight and nine, like for it is by grace, huge word, right? By grace, we use that word a lot. We do, but do we know what it means? You know, and I try to talk about it, about just the nature of the giver versus the recipient and that kind of thing. I think that helps us start to understand grace. Mm-hmm. But um, mercy is used up in six or seven. I don't have it in front of me, but you've got mercy yeah. uh, because of his great mercy. So that might even be up in like four. But but God, because of his great mercy and love, I think those two words are used yeah. up there. So mercy, love, kindness, which is such a great, in verse seven, his kindness displayed in Jesus, displayed in the cross, I think is a, I mean, what a great, like, we can think of our relationship with God as this scary God, and we are the objects of his wrath. And if we don't pray a prayer, this is a reductionist view, right? If we don't pray pray the prayer and believe in the just kind of like conscious level ascent, you know, like just a thought, yeah. if we don't think the right things, then he is going to send us to hell because that's what he wanted anyway, and we didn't get out of it. You know, I mean, that's a really negative reductionist view of it. But then you read this, and it says, and it's it's really harsh in the beginning, like no doubt. But then you get it down into it, and it says, but but God, because of his great love and mercy and his kindness displayed in Jesus, he saves us, you it know. Does. And it's pure gift. And it's pure gift, which we are not good at. No. We're, by nature... Let's talk about our fallen nature. We want to yeah. earn it. We want to prove ourselves. We expect strings. We expect strings. And so I just wanted to kind of put it on, not put it on its head, but I wanted to emphasize it. And yeah. so, but all those words um, are just so rich that, man, you could, you could write a paper just on the vocab, the Greek vocabulary that's, that's. Which we will not do. Cause again. No. And I'm not, I mean, no I, even when I here. say poema, I'm like, I'm sure I'm not Sorry, getting Joel it Weaver. right. I'm sure, yeah, Joel Weaver. <laughs> I paid attention and I really liked Greek. If you're but, out there listening, but that you did a good job, Dr. You Weaver. Did, yeah, you did nothing wrong, but it's been 10 years and my pronunciation <laughs> particularly isn't that great. And I don't, no. and the verb, I don't do the verbs well, but these are nouns and they're lovely. But I just think when you look at something like belief or, or saved, by grace you have been saved. Well, what do we mean by salvation? And uh, even the kids' book I read yesterday talked about rescuing, which I love, especially yeah. in the context I was talking about, like we get into the pit, we get so deep into the pit that we need rescuing. And I think that's a good, um, it's a good mental image because you can't rescue yourself. If you're mm-hmm. in need of rescue, then by the by nature of it. You can't do it yourself. It's a 911, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I know you, people know you can't save yourself either, but I think we use that word so often that the rescue imagery is, is powerful too. So I just didn't want to believe, yeah, belief, salvation. Yeah. And Grace. It's interesting Those that we're talking so about belief, and, and you've already kind yeah. of hinted at this. Yeah. There's this reductionist view that it's all about either saying the right prayer or getting all of the theology right, getting all of the beliefs right. And then maybe if you don't believe the exact right thing, mm-hmm. then you're out. Mm-hmm. But that's not grace. Like, that's not what grace is about. Grace is right. a gift. It's not about you yeah. dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's. And yeah. do you really understand homo OCS versus homo OCS? Like, thank goodness. Right. It's not a requirement for salvation. Yes. So, and that's no, when we read faith in the Bible. It's, it's not talking about the contents 
of all your beliefs. We think what you believe matters. It so. does. Oh, yeah. And we hugely we, we, we parse that in here. We I mean, do. We know that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think our listeners are confused. But that's not that. what saves us. Right. Yeah. Right it's belief not knowledge. Save us. Yeah. You can know a whole lot and still not know God. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what is it then, Luke? Yeah. So uh, if belief is not. Yeah. This word. Yeah. You know, again, we'll, uh, we'll try pistis. It How would you pistis. say it? It's P-I-S-T-I-S. It's pistis. Okay, good. Yeah, and so again, no Greek scholars present. It is what it is. Dr. Wiles is in Italy. So. Okay, but let's, Sorry. okay. But y'all can trust us with these Greek we words. We did take Greek. Yeah, don't say, like, we're not, you know. We did take Greek. We're taking it seriously. <laughs> we do. We, we research this properly. Yeah. We know. So pistis. Yeah. It's, it's, a it's the word for belief. Word. Paul Faith, uses a lot. Paul, trust, this really yeah. smart senior. Um, Paul, my, my, high, my college crush I never met. Yes. The Apostle Paul. He uses Paul. this word a lot throughout his letters. Pistis is a huge word for Paul. Yes. There are books written about Paul's use of this one yeah. word in Greek. Yeah. What's interesting is a lot of time that we think about this word, we think faith is something that we do. But what a lot of Bible scholars have pointed out is that faith, often when it's referenced by Paul as this action and saving, is not our faith. It's Christ's faith. Mm. That's actually this saving thing. It's not mm. the thing we generate in us. It's the faith of Christ. And that's got to do with some interesting way that Greek links words together yeah. through grammar. Right. That's what we're not going to do. it's the faith of Christ. Yeah. And sometimes we think of it as faith in Christ. We translate in instead of of sometimes. Mm. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of scholars who will point to that it's actually Christ's faith that mm. saves us. It's mm. Christ's faithfulness, Christ's trustworthiness, all of these words linked together. Yeah. But when you read faith in Paul's letters, know that this Greek word pistis mm-hmm. is behind it. Mm-hmm. And it's more akin to trust uh, than it is to kind of intellectual propositional belief. Yes. It's a, it's a, it changes your life. It's it, a relational it's a, it's word. It's a trust that changes your life. It's a relational word. It is. So yeah, it's a covenant and mm-hmm. it? it links to that. So so if I was going to preach longer, I probably would have done more on that. I guess that's the point of this opening yeah. thought of mine. And that would have been a good way to go. Well, and I, I think... But I like the way you went. And that's fine. Yeah, you can only do so much. And I'm happy to go where I went. But I think if there's one word that captivated me in this one that I just thought about a lot, it would probably be kindness. Okay. And it's something we talk about. And I don't, Tell me more. No, I don't have much more to say about it. Um, well, I've always got more to say about it. But I'm, I think we don't talk about... Now, it's a fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. We think about it as something that we need to be. And obviously, if it's a fruit of the Spirit, that means it's God's character at work in us. But I don't always think of kindness as a display of God's character on the cross. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And I think this text goes there. And so I, for whatever reason, I think that's really beautiful. And I think it's a great uh, look at God. And it, it sounds different to me than mercy, where it's... We know we deserve it, but he takes it away, which maybe that's because I see, sometimes I see mercy as like um, like a Roman Colosseum and you're at the mercy of the king or the ruler, the emperor. Emperor, thank you. I'm like, that's, they didn't have any of those. You know, and kind of like maybe that scene from Gladiator where he's got the thumb and he's like, mm, mercy, you know, or I kill him or thumbs up, mercy. And yeah. so it's got this more transactional, like God, and maybe I have a negative view of God when I think about mercy sometimes, the character of God. Not, you know what I mean? This is a little bit buttoned up like that. Kindness, though, it's got like a Mr. Rogers feel to it. Like God as loving grandfather, God as 
um, the embracer. Like when you think about the kind people in your life. God moving towards others in love. Yeah. I just think kindness has such a different view than something like grace or mercy to me. Mm. And Paul pop, pops it in there, you know. Does. And I, it, it caught, I think it caught me because it's not one of those two. Yeah, we know? learn a lot about God's character through this passage. We do. And I think kindness is the dominant. And maybe that's what I was trying to convey. And I didn't spend a lot of time on that. When I talk about me and Ryan, I don't even, I don't even think I re- really think about it in a parental role now that I'm, I'm talking it out. But like Ryan and I aren't showing mercy to our kids. I mean, we are, but in that Coliseum way, we are showing grace because we Yeah, but I think sometimes mercy is shielding people from something. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Yeah. We don't and give as them, parents, we shield our children yeah. from a lot of things. And I think that's an act of mercy. It's huh, good. Cause we, we don't give them, I mean, when I think of, well, let's do some basic grace and mercy, grace being, uh, you don't get what's coming to you. It's gift. Grace is gift. Yeah. Or you get what you don't No, Mercy is you don't get what's coming to you. Mercy grace, is not getting something. Grace, grace is getting something. You get what you don't deserve. Mercy, you don't get what you do deserve. Yeah. Did I talk that out right? I think so. In my trip, right. Yeah, sometimes since I've had the triplets, my, my brain doesn't work as well as it used to. That sounded to. right. Yeah. But I think, yeah, one's withholding of something, one's the lavishing of something. Yeah. And withholding the, in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, in a merciful way. So anyway, so, we, yeah, we could go back and say that better, but we don't need to. We, let's keep marching on. So one of the things you talked about, and I we don't talk about this a lot in church. Uh, oh, is yeah. Uh, just, was it was it porn? Because I know, did say that word from the stage. We haven't talked about that yeah. much from the stage, which yeah. is... Well, and it's a sensitive subject. It's an important thing to talk about. But we need to do it in the right setting we in the do. right way. And often a Sunday morning isn't. And I didn't spend a lot of time on it for no, that reason. Right? But you did talk about technology I did. and media. I did. And I want to spend yeah. some more time camping out there. So yeah. one of the things that you do with this passage is like, okay, for most of the people in the room, most of us accept Christ's gift of grace yeah. on, a, on any given Sunday morning. Uh, and so it's kind of like, okay, well, what do I what do? I do? with this. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I brought books. We'll get there in a minute. Okay. But you Can't talked wait. about media. What I did. What was kind of bubbling up in your heart that led you? I'm glad you asked. To this. I was thinking about this last night. When did this, because I, I spent the most time talking about sports betting particularly, mm-hmm. but it, it, okay. So train of thought, let me back up. Three weeks ago, Ryan and I went to New Orleans for our first like vacation post children. And right. We always spent two nights, and it was a really great getaway. The holidays were wild, even though we loved seeing our families. You know, you have kids. Yeah. Um, and just it just was really well-timed in our own life, and we had a great time. And we mostly just hung out. We went to we walked to Tulane's campus and bought some merch from their bookstore because Ryan has, like, a crush on Tulane. And we ate good food, and we bopped around the French Quarter, and we got beignets. And anyway, so one of those – Times we were sitting at a little table and Ryan said, hey, you're preaching in a few weeks. And I said, I am. Oh, my gosh. He said, what are you preaching on? And I said, I don't even remember, even though I put together the winter booklet. And so I've seen all of it. And um, just in case, that doesn't mean Katie's not bright. I also help write things. Or people oh, but I just didn't have it all in order. And I could have said Ephesians, something in Ephesians, Ryan. But I looked it up while you're sitting there. Yeah. But I also, like someone will say, I loved when you said this on the podcast. I have no memory I have of no saying clue. that on the podcast. Yeah. So it's not. Yeah. If you're loving the winter booklet, uh, that's great. Luke and I helped compile it. I put all of it together. Uh, I don't remember what, you know, off the top of my head, I did not know the text for January 28, which was yesterday. So I looked it up and I was like, oh, it's this passage from Ephesians. And and I said, uh, in the in the moment at this little table in New Orleans, I said, I really want to focus on not death to life in a, in an eternal salvation way. Because we talk about that. And I think we've we do. done a pretty good job understanding that as a church. But I want to talk about what it means to be dead 
in your sin and transgression, like today, here and now. And I said, Ryan, I want I think I want to go there and I and I want to talk about just this whatever we do to kind of just placate our spirit or just, you know, this dampening of we're not living our fullness in life. And he said, You need to talk about sports betting. Because Ryan brought it up. He said, You need to look into sports betting. And I was like, that's weird. I mean, I get it, but he said, it's look. It's more in- common than I think one would yes. initially Yes, and suspect. so yeah, that's exactly right. And so he said, look into it. There's some things popping up about it and how it's really affecting young men. And so from then, I just, I just did, and I, I read some articles and I did some research and I talked to a few people. It's fascinating if you bring it up in the right demographic, you can. Um, it really lands. And so I think if you're listening and thinking, and then no one has told this to me, so don't think it like that. If you're thinking this is really obscure thing to focus on, like it was just a small illustration. um, One, I think I did a fine job not worried about saying, okay, if it's not this, then pick something because everybody's got something that, um, and we'll talk about this in a minute with your books. Like I think you, you said it well, everyone is being spiritually formed. I said it as just, you have something that's killing your spirit and just eating your lunch, you know, if you're not careful. And so it's, I think the damage, but what all these articles said is the access to particularly sports betting, the access is what's making it so prevalent, which I quoted this guy from this study who said, I wish I had a casino gambling addiction because at least then I have to leave my house and go do it. Like I I mentioned that when we talked about pornography, it's always been there, but you've had to go find it. I don't think it's any secret to anyone listening who's listened before that we believe that there are spiritual forces at work in the world. Yeah. And I oh, think gosh, if I didn't say that clearly enough, you know. We believe that. We do. We do. And I we think do. Powers and principalities. We really do believe that. Yeah. The powers and principalities are very much at work through yeah. media. And if we yeah. think about the fact that the thief came to steal, steal, kill, and destroy, yeah. that's happening through sports betting. I saw some stats the other day on about TikTok. Mm. Uh, some kind of companies that monitor safety for adolescents created kind of test profiles for different demographics. Uh-huh. And they found that with for a profile for a 13-year-old girl, within like 13 seconds on their Discover page on TikTok, would start getting content related to suicide, uh, body image, uh, eating disorders, uh, depression. So immediately within like less than a minute. I used to think targeted ads were like no big deal. No, they're very big. What? Not that... Not just very big; they're dangerous. Yeah, I used to think, yeah, hit me with whatever. So if you're not a, if you're not a no. tech-oriented person, it's just the algorithms yeah. that make things work. And social media can be a really positive tool. So I'm not trying to say. And I spent a lot of time on that yesterday too. The phone, social media, all of it's a tool. And even vegging out and scrolling on your phone on occasion, not totally bad. We can talk about that. Yeah, but within thirty. What we can't seconds, talk about though is the like devil porn. <laughs> honestly, is that work? Not a hobby. Okay. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Destroying you're going life somewhere. through sports betting. Yeah. Young thirteen-year-old girls are getting content that's pushing them to consider suicide within less than a minute of being on TikTok. So okay, I don't want to get ahead of you, but I saw that you brought habits of the household. I brought a lot of stuff because if you're a young parent which I am, and you are, you've got to be thinking about how your exposure to of your kids to this yeah. media. So, Luke, okay, okay so, I'm switching. I'm interviewing you now. Okay. Thank you for interviewing me about my sermon. You made me think about a lot of things that I've oh, thought I about that. before. Well, that's a great compliment, But I think though. that we should talk okay. about, A, okay. if I'm you're gonna, not a smartphone I'm user. I'm posturing myself. I'm turning toward Luke. I'm even bringing the mic with me. So, Katie, Luke, tell Katie, us everything. Katie said this yesterday, but if you're not a smartphone user... You You're are still, still getting being just as formed by Something's coming media. at you. Something's, something's coming at you, you to distract you, you from life in Christ. You mentioned the 24-hour news cycle. And, and I meant times. it. And I meant it, Luke. Okay. We don't talk Hit about that. It. And I'm not pointing to one political side or the other because both of them are doing this. Oh, yeah. But we, well, both of us. But their goal, the 24-hour news cycle, their goal is ratings. 
And it's to make you afraid and it's to make you angry. Well, it's because that keeps truth. you watching. Yeah. I mean, their goal is not, I hate to say it, the pursuit of truth like news might have been intended. The 24-hour news cycle, their goal to is to you. keep you watching yeah. and so at any cost. We okay. have friends, I have friends, I won't speak for you, but who've talked about that they've lost their parents or their grandparents to the 24-hour news cycle. And mm. people who used to be loving and kind are now angry Speaking and scared. Kindness, yeah. And so mm. if you're older and you're not a heavy smartphone user, you're not immune. I just right. want to point that out. Careful, yeah, careful to think that this conversation doesn't count. Cause it's, and I hope that I communicated that yesterday. Yeah. It's not about the phone. The phone is an illustration. So let's talk about phones now. But yeah, but the, the phones have, they can be very damaging. It's right here. I'm about to use it as a tool. Yeah. Uh, did you know? It's good. If I were, let's, let's play a guessing game. Okay. You can see I'm my ready. phone screen, maybe. I'm ready. Those at home. No, uh, I can't. I can see words, but I can't see what they are. How? Here. Just to make sure my glasses are off. Can't How see many times a day okay. does the average smartphone user touch their phone? Oh my gosh, just touch? Touch. So much. Okay. 360. Okay. Or is it just like tap, tap, tap? Like a text is 35 touch. tap? Oh, 1,200. Okay. The average smartphone user per day touches their phone 2,617 times. Oh my gosh. Per day. You know what I'm sitting here thinking? That's an average but user. You know what I, yeah, you know what I'm sitting here thinking? I'm above average. You are. So the top I mean, 10% I use my phone a lot. of users... Oh, that's probably me. I hate to say touch it. ...touch their phones 5,427 times a day. Not inherently bad. If you didn't sleep, I think that average is out to about seven times a minute on the average end. That feels right, though. Yeah. I mean, so if you didn't sleep, on average, you're touching your phone seven times a minute. Right. Which just in that conversation means that when you talk about it, it's a huge tool. It's shaping you. It's shaping you. So you mentioned this. Not all bad. We've quoted Dallas Willard. Uh huh. Now begins Luke's book corner. (laughs) So I'm holding up a book for those not watching. It's Renovation of the Heart. And who's Dallas Willard? By Dallas Willard. We quoted him time and time again. Who's that guy? He was a philosophy professor at USC, also a Baptist. So bonus points, Dallas Um, Willard. Um, also from Buffalo, Missouri, which just down the road from Bolivar, Missouri. Wow. Right so up. you got to love him. I got to love you him. You have to. Yeah. I have to. I'm mm-hmm. obligated. I don't. But Dallas but Willard do. was probably one of the most brilliant thinkers in talking about how we change and grow as Christians. And so he has this book. Mm-hmm. It's probably one of the most significant books in this field of spiritual formation. It's called Renovation of the Heart. I'm holding it up. It's a great yeah. book. It's a little dense if you're not used to reading kind of more... But I'm looking at Heady it. Stuff. It's, it's not super short. thick. Yeah, it's probably Maybe, 200 pages. Yeah, 200, what do you say? 250. Yeah. But his premise in that book is we're all being spiritually formed all the time into something. It's great. And you can be spiritually formed into Christ-likeness or you can be spiritually formed into something else. Well, and I would, I, I haven't read this in a long time. I think I have read it. But I'm sure he wagers that if you're not actively forming yourself into Christ-likeness. You're being formed into you're something just, else. You're drifting somewhere else. I mean, it's just going to yeah. happen, right? And so for Christians, you've been made alive in Christ and you're a masterpiece meant to do good. Yes, that's Let's be formed Ephesians 2.10. Ephesians 2.10. You're so, a masterpiece. But if you are watching the news all hours you're awake yeah. and there's a news insignia burned into the corner of your TV, Think about you it. need to start assessing what's forming you. Mm-hmm. If you are a smartphone user, which most people who are listening to a podcast are smartphone users, yeah, you're point. touching your phone on average 2,600 times a day. Mm-hmm. And if you're younger, there's a good chance that number skews higher yeah. into the 5,400s yeah. or we're higher. We're making the average higher, right? Yeah. Um, so that's shaping you. That's mm-hmm. forming you. It, mm-hmm. There are things on there that you're consuming that are consuming you, shaping you, changing you, mm-hmm. shifting the way you think, and it's holding your attention. So... 
as we think again about books, Dallas Willard wrote Ren- Renovation of the Heart really before the 24-hour news cycle really took hold and definitely before the smartphone did. Yeah. So since then, there's been a few people who have written really great stuff that yes. help us think about this. Keep it rolling. Book number two. Book number two, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. John Mark Comer. This is probably one of the best books on spiritual living in the digital age. Well, we should read it. Ever. Um, it's It's got practical. a nice red cover for it's those that red. are listening. Um but if you are someone who's thinking about the way that technology is shaping you, forming you, he writes about it very well, hmm. clearly and practically. The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Mm-hmm. Uh, would definitely recommend it. Yep. So Good. keep going. Writing spiritual formation in the digital age. That's great. Deeply Formed Life by a Rich Velotis. Uh-huh. Another just a, good Kind book. of a newer, he's a newer guy on newer the scene. Guy. Yeah. How do you live this deeply formed life in Christ? Good. Concrete practice. Love it. They're going to say really similar things. And a lot of this, they're going to quote Dallas Willard because he's mm, So start with guy. Renovation of the Heart. Yeah. And then this is a new one. I'm still working through it. Okay. It is Practicing the Way, Be with Jesus, Become Like Him, Do as He Did. So also, you, But you can only Willard. recommend the first uh, fifth of yeah. that book. So but, again, yeah. practical. It's How good. do you become like Jesus in this age where you are distracted all the time? And it's on yeah. purpose. Yeah. Tech exists to distract you, shape you, and hold your attention. Netflix once said that their biggest competitor. Who do you think Netflix Sleep. is? Sleep. I've heard it. Yeah. Netflix's biggest competitor is sleep. Isn't that crazy? It's not yeah. Amazon Prime. Yeah. It's not Hulu. No. Netflix thinks their biggest competitor yeah. is sleep. They Just want to keep, keep you them, awake, keep, keep you watching. Hooked, keep yeah. you watching. It's interesting, isn't it? So they want your attention because your attention's money. Uh, and they're shaping you in the process. And yeah. then the next book, we're actually working through this on Wednesday nights. Yeah, I'm excited for that. It's been, a, I think, a big influential book for a lot of parents in our church already mm-hmm. who've it's read good. it. We have yep. more going through it. And it is called... Habits of the Household by Justin Whitmill Early. Habits of the Household. And it is the smallest book of the ones it that is. you've brought today. Uh, but it's how do you how do you live this out as a family with children? It's a lot about parenting. I it mean, is that's all about right. parenting. Yeah. So for those, uh, and more parenting grade school and down because yeah. he's... He doesn't have teenagers. He has grade school. But for those of you that are listening, for if you have kids or even or even your kids have kids and you want to help them and shape them and shape your yeah. grandchildren, and this would be a really good one. Spiritual formation habits for families. And yeah. one of the chapters is what are your screen time habits? Yeah. yeah. I really like, I haven't read it yet. I confess. Ryan has done, he did a little bit of the dudes being yeah. dad study that had it. But I think the the topics addressed are very interesting to me and I would like to be a part of it, you know, because yeah. we're, we're just now turning the corner with our kids to just be more intentional. We're mm-hmm. moving from just keeping them alive and obviously loving and nurturing and forming those attachment, you know, the good things that you want to do with a baby, but to where we need to be really thoughtful about our words, our decisions, what they see us doing, how we model it. And so we're, our eyes are open. Our, our antennas are up on how we're yeah. doing all this and who's going to help us, you know? And so I like that our church is doing that very much. Wednesday nights. We're not, we're not unique. We're asking the same questions yes. everybody else is. So Wednesday nights, I don't know what time, to be 6:15. honest. Okay. In, in the first floor of the Wade building. so And you don't have to go read all these books or buy all these books. Um, they're good books. Um, mm-hmm. But they just help you think this through because yeah. truthfully... But a I lot of this audience, well, if you're listening to a podcast, there's a good chance that you might uh, also listen to audiobooks. And mm-hmm. I mean, you know, here's some... If you're looking for some things to consume, these are good directions to yeah. go. Because yeah. we know you're going to consume something. But that's what you just said. That's what Dallas Willard just taught us. So... Really what this is about is you're this masterpiece made for good. Yeah. Are you going to live into that calling? Because it's going to require effort. Yeah. It's going to require intentional, yeah. thoughtful effort to continue to grow into Christ-likeness, to become like Jesus. Mm. And if you're not intentionally plotting your way towards Christ-likeness, which is aided by the Holy Spirit, right? 
then you are going to start drifting in a different direction. Yeah. Because Good. quite frankly, this knows you better than you know yourself. Um, and it's a more honest view of you than you probably want. Yes. You know. And it's trying to hook you, yeah. uh, captivate you, and yeah, keep your attention. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah, that was. And I we could get really into the dark side of tech, but we don't right. need to go there. No, y'all can imagine. Y'all can use, use your imaginations for that. Can I end us on a high note then? Please do. And if we're, I'm going to wrap it up. Is that okay? Let's do it. It's slightly slightly shorter. However, usually what we intend for, and we never we're quite still, get there. We're still yeah. over thirty minutes. Yeah, it's not like we didn't we didn't deliver. We delivered, but I think that the, this there's just really good news in the gospel for us for this, and I think we can be overwhelmed with how. How many tentacles technology has on us right now, how the pandemic magnified all that and how we're just in a weird spot where we got, we're head, our minds are turning toward November, which is this, what's looking to be a really contentious election cycle. Mm -hmm. And so I think we can be, we could be hopeless, a little bit hopeless. And I think like, let's just get back to the good news of the gospel. And it's that despite all of it, it's not like we're living in an age that bad stuff has. And like, this isn't the first time bad stuff's happened no. in the history of the world. The world has bad stuff happening all the time. And Jesus entered into all of that. And he said, hey, just fix your eyes on me. And we're going to bring the kingdom of God here. And there's fullness and there's life and there's goodness. And I think what we want to do as a church is just raise the gaze of our people. And so uh, the really good news is, though, that, that yeah. this is kind of the but God of, the, of Ephesians. But God, God has made you alive. has given you life, and he wants you to embrace it. And the beautiful part is that we get to do it together. We do. And we are his masterpiece, you know. And so we're just trying to um, be all we can be in Christ together. And we really want to help you do that. We need to help each other do it. It's not like we have all the answers. No one can do this alone. We want to hold hands and do it together. And we want you all to come along with it. And so and that's show one of the reasons up. we made together in deed. And together in word. Together in word and deed. Yeah. It's why we're doing it together. We're not just talking about it. We really want to be about it. And so join us and we'll join you and we'll, we'll figure it out together. But there's joy and there's goodness and there's kindness displayed mm -hmm. in Jesus. And we get to follow him and be like him. So it's actually pretty good news. It's great. It's the best news. It's the best news. So let's live in it and let's share it and let's be about it. Yes. And we'll be back next week with Dr. Wells. We will. See ya. to the Tell Me More podcast today. You can subscribe to this podcast on your app of choice, or you can visit us at fbca.org to find out more information about the podcast and our church. Thanks for listening. Have a good day.